want people to, to turn to me for the, the legal stuff because I know that there are people that are here that exist in this space that can talk to you about pricing, rates, all that fun stuff, but I'm here to talk to you about the legal consequences. I'm here to talk to you about what does that actually mean? How does that actually play out? Because there are a lot of experts that aren't necessarily equipped to talk about that piece of things. And also just, that's about it. I just want to teach people. So if more people come, that's great, but I'm not, I'm not really looking for anything else. Amazing. So on, on, on your Instagram, I, I love the your 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 bio in the Instagram helping career content creators protect their passion and I'm someone I'm someone that is like uh like when I read that I'm like that that makes me happy that makes me happy that that is your your mission because I've seen a lot of content creators artists creators entrepreneurs like you know, people putting out their ideas into the world get taken advantage of by um people that know a lot more maybe maybe purposely taking care taking advantage or you know just because of, of negligence they, they, they took took advantage of, of, of people <laughs> um, but that's why I'm really excited for this conversation and then also I, I've also you know in in I worked in the music industry and th th this is why this conversation is really exciting for me so in the music industry I made a bunch of silly m mistakes where I didn't speak up for uh, my intellectual property for certain things and it's been estimated through professional friends, <laughs> friends in the industry that <laughs> I probably left around $400,000 to $700,000 on the table in like, in, in like key moments where I just thought, I I'm gonna trust these people, <laughs> you know, why, why would they take advantage of a small artist? And, and, um, and, and I, again, th there's no blame placed on anyone, anything. And this is how I've, I've kind of positioned it in my mind. Anything yeah. that I agree to, I either said yes or no to. So, you know, it's just as much as me on them for me not speaking up. So that's why I'm so happy. That, like there's people like you that exist now for small creators that, you know, they're going to, yeah. I think one of your captions, and I'm, I'm talking a lot just to kick this off, but one of your captions was like, you know, some it. content creators, they don't have an audience. And then all of a sudden they have this video pop off and then they have all these brands and companies coming to them and they know nothing about the business side. So that's where you show up. So let's talk about one. What is your, if you were at a barbecue, someone comes up to you and they say, Hey, what do you do? Like, what, what, what is what, You know, tell me, tell me about what it is that you do. What do you say? You know, I, when I am in a barbecue or I was just at a bachelorette this weekend, people are like, so what do you do for a living? I was like, well, I work with career content creators for a living. I help them negotiate brand deals so that they're actually protected and understand yep. what's going on. And people are like, there's a, there's a need for that. I'm like, yeah. Like if you see all these ads that are on your Instagram feed and on YouTube and on TikTok, like those don't just happen through a DM like that. There's so much more behind that, behind the scenes that goes on to make this whole project happen. And I'm there to help. So people are always just like, there's a need, there's a need, there's a, it's, it's such a need. It's like, and, and obviously once you get into it and you're into the world, you're like, oh, I, I see that. Um, and, and once you have, uh, you know, I, I see creators, like even with millions, like don't even know what these things are saying on, on these contracts. And, and I still don't like, I'm, I mean, even with the brands I'm working with, I, uh, uh speaking of Lumano, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And, and Lumano is one of those, <laughs> one of those brands where 
they're great to work with because all they like literally their whole positioning is around helping people do brand deals. So they get it. And like, they're like, you know, they're one of the teams that, um, they have like the, the system to be able to like, yo totally be transparent and like clear and like try, try to make it a win for the creator. But it's not always the case. It's not always the case. Um, so that's why it's so important what it is that you're doing. Um, and, uh, I'm excited. So can I, I'm going to do the brand read. Is that cool? I'll do the brand read and then we'll get into it. We've we've came in hot on this one. So this is our sponsor. Uh, Something we talk about a lot on this podcast is monetizing your content as a storyteller. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Lumanu. This is the platform that I use that makes working with brands and getting paid easier so I can focus my time doing what I enjoy most, creating content and connecting with you and talking to people like my new friend here, Veronica. And here's the deal. You've... You've heard me talk about how we, these brands, they can't be a one-off transaction. We need to seek to build a relationship with them. And the way you build a relationship is through effective communication. And Lomano has a collabs feature that simplifies the communication process with the brand you're working with. So imagine having email, Google Docs, Dropbox, and payments all in one place. So when it comes to expectations and deliverables and timing, you can literally stay on the same page with the brand you're working with. So start treating your creator business like a professional. Price what you deserve and use Lomano.com. That was the read. That was the read. So in the process of working with them, I went it. back and forth on the contract. And, and luckily, like they – I was able to ask questions and they were very clear like, hey, like, yeah, we can remove that. That's totally fine. But I still don't know if I – I didn't know what most of them meant. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of just guessing. <laughs> um, so let's start with mm-hmm. – um, you know, when you're working with a creator, like what is, what is something, what, what is one of the first questions you get when a, when an influencer gets a contract and, and they're like, Hey, like what, what the heck is this? What does this mean? Yeah. You know, when I'm, when I'm meeting a creator and they're talking about their, their brand deals, they're like, you know, I just, I don't know if I'm doing yeah. this properly, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know if I'm negoti- negotiating this properly. So that, that means like, that is such a loaded statement, right? Because that could mean your rate. That could mean the way that you've negotiated your usage structure. That might mean the way that you've negotiated your yep. whitelisting, you know, rate, all of those things. Right. So my job is really to do a couple things. When I ask to, when I get a client, you know, on board with me, I'm asking for not just the document, but what was mentioned before, what kind of discussions were, were you having with the rep before? Because, I wasn't part of that. I wasn't part of the negotiations. I don't know what was established or not or, and where the flexibility can happen because sometimes you're in a negotiation where everything from A to Z has been figured out. So you're kind of like committed. You're basically locked into whatever it is that the contract says. And sometimes it's like only a, a little bit of it's been negotiated. And then there are other pieces that probably were left out purposely yep. or not. We don't know. Um, that maybe we have to push back on and negotiate. So my job really is to to make sure that those things line up, you know, at least from just even the negotiation phase and to make sure that people aren't leaving money off the table like like you did in your music job. So, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's and the so goal. I think I think a lot. I, I Here's something in my mind. I'm like for some of the you know, let, let's let's talk about when I was in the music industry. I was uh, I. Actually, we won't use that specific example, but this is what was going through my mind. I was like, I, I can't afford sure. a lawyer. You know, I, like I, 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 was, I had a serving job at the time. You know, I couldn't afford a lawyer like in my mind. So I'm saying like how does this – so say a creator, you know, they have like this day job. They have this so – let's say I, – I love this company a lot, Hop Tea. 
Um, say they come to me and they say, Tom, we want to work with you for three months. We have $10,000. Uh, we want to talk about this potential deal for $10,000 for three months, these certain amount of deliverables. How would I then come and work with you? Is it, is it, would it be like an hourly thing? Are you taking a chunk out of that? Like, how do we, how do we, you can go as, as detailed as you want about like how you work with creators. I'm an open book. So the way that I work is that I'm, I'm a flat fee attorney. So what does that mean for a creator? That means that whatever I charge you up front is basically going to encompass the time it takes to talk to you about it, to talk to the brand about it keep you in the loop about what's going on with the brand contract and their revisions. So that could be any range of time to, to basically okay. get that deal in final form. So since I charge a flat fee, I'm not asking for like more money because I haven't finished it. I've considered the chunk thing. Um, I've been asked about the chunk thing and I don't okay. like the idea of doing the chunk thing personally. Um, but yeah, I, I used to work at a firm that was working on an hourly model and I didn't really see how that was beneficial, especially to people who are essentially small business owners. They need to know what to expect. They need to know what they're spending and whether or not they need to budget for more. So for me to say, Hey, like, this is my fee, take it or leave it. Great. And for the most part, um, you know, creators have been very happy with what I charge. Like I don't charge like a crazy amount of money to do it. Um, but you know, when there are creators that are like, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, then I try to work with them as best as I can so that, you know, I can show them that it's worth the money. It's, there is a return. There there is a return. And I'll tell you what, like if I talked to a lawyer when I should have, um, it would have been a, the best investment of money I could have I could have made. <laughs> I could have, you know. Uh, so I think about that. You know, it's it's um, you know maybe there's things that you could see that you end up helping them get paid more in the long run. So it pays for itself essentially. You're you're protecting them so they can right. continue to create, continue to provide value as a, uh, you know, because that's the main thing that they want to do. And, and and I know like whenever I see these contracts, I'm like, yo, like I, the fir- my first in- instinct is like just sign it. Just sign it. Just send it back. Just be nice. Uh, but like I saw in one of your posts, you said that contracts are meant to be negotiated. So can you talk a little bit around that? It's like should you just say yeah out the jump or is, you know, should there be you – know, is this like a more of an, uh, an ongoing conversation that you can have with the brand? There certainly should be an ongoing conversation. I don't care what the brand tells you. I don't care if they say that you need to sign that you know, by tomorrow because – I literally am dealing with that situation where I was supposed to have my client sign an agreement by like tomorrow when we got it yesterday. And I'm like, mm. you're, you're going to have to yeah. wait. And they should, right? Like they shouldn't expect anybody with business acumen, you know, whatever that, whatever that experience level is to really take a look at it and to make sure that everything lines up with what was negotiated. Because what's kind of interesting about contracts and brands is that the people you talk to that are, you know, working with you, that are approaching you and all that as a creator are not the same people who are drafting the contract. They have different objectives in mind. Mm-hmm. So with those different objectives in mind, of course, that contract's not going to be the same as what you thought you got when you were talking about it and negotiating preliminarily. So to me, it only makes sense to negotiate it because you have two different people basically that are part of this conversation. You know, it's, you've got the legal team and you've got the marketing and sales and influencer marketing team. Like those, those are two different objectives. So you have to make sure that 
basically it lines up yep. and that requires some revision sometimes. And I'll tell you what too, like the more I, I I've started to like, I, I, you know, I told you the story from the jump that, you know, I used to kind of, um, uh, shy away from doing that because I wanted to like be nice. I wanted to just like, you know, I want everyone to get along. Right. But I've realized that like that skill, uh, either like understanding at least loosely what the tunes, the terms mean so you can speak about them, but the skill to even negotiate and ask for more money. And like that whole, like going back and forth carries over to so many different areas in your creator business and being able to do that and feeling confident doing that. Like I, I actually enjoy it now. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, um, you know, let's, because uh, they want you to feel good about the, the relationship. Uh, they don't want you to feel like you're feeling gypped and you want to feel good about it. So, you don't want to be like doing this brand deal and like, and like in the back of your mind, like resenting them because, you know, you don't feel like you're getting what you deserve. So, yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You want this relationship to be as, you know, collaborative as you know peaceful and just yeah. everybody's gelling right as, as possible right and that doesn't happen if you're just letting them take the lead like letting the brand take the lead on on everything and now not every brand is going to be that flexible like i know that from my own experience but like i know that when there is that alignment that just happens where people are like yep we're in alignment that that makes sense of course like we'll we'll make those changes and stuff like that it's it makes the whole process, the whole creative process going forward so much smoother because everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So that's what I strive to do. And although it seems a little counterintuitive because you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't want to seem difficult or like high maintenance because of, you know, me pushing back on this contract. It's like, that's, that's, there's no hard feelings. That's just business, yep. you know, and, and you're a business. So it all because they came to you or all because you may have pitched them. It doesn't make that any different. It's not personal. Yep. Make it business and realize that you have to, you know, negotiate like a business. You're a brand. You are. You are. And there, there's because I, I used to work as like a freelancer and a contractor and like something I forget who said it, but someone uh, that specializes in like talking about pricing your work as a freelancer. They said if you didn't, uh, if if you gave them a price and they accepted it on the first one, that means you didn't price, you didn't charge enough. <laughs> And like, and I started to think about that. He's like, he's kind of right. Like, you know, it it should it should make them think a little bit. Like, you know, uh, is is this is this worth it? And like, to have some of that pushback there is, I think, is healthy as a, as a creator. Like, this is your likeness. This is your creative output. And uh, I always kind of kind of challenge people. Like, did they accept the first one? Because if you, if they did, you should you should have charged a little more. Right. What do you think and, about that? Oh my gosh, you know, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, the the whole sentiment of like. If they just if they accept it right off the jump, like you didn't price yourself high enough, yeah. and that that that's what's so cool about pricing is that really the the market can kind of inform you about like what is your rate, like what is a fair rate or, or anything like that. So shooting for shooting for the stars, like what's the worst they'll tell you, no, right? But yeah. not trying at all is just as bad, right? And I see that happen all the time. I think that there's a little bit of pressure, right, to you know, just the opportunity alone should be, you know, thanks enough and, and that's it. But I, I always try to encourage my, my creators to say, what, what's, what's the, what's the issue? Like, let's yep. just try and see what they do. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but at least we kind of can gauge and try to see if we can get more. Yeah. Um, it's always worth it. And yeah. I, I say just shoot for the, shoot for the stars, seriously, because you guys are 
creating stuff that is worth so much and clearly this industry is worth so much that it's only it only makes sense to try to get your piece of the pie yes and i love that so much and the 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 thing to consider there too is uh, there's a lot of i I have like literally three subjects that i want to talk about from from that topic alone so uh one um they're not just like we talked about market rate and and I think about this a lot. There, I don't think there'll ever be a market rate for like a specific amount of followers, because I, I've worked. I actually work on the brand side too. Um, you know, for, for my day job, and I I've seen. Uh, I don't work with influencers as much, but more like content creators, and we 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 contract for them. Um, mm-hmm. But there's an intangible thing that people pay for from the brand side that is someone that knows their brand and can speak to their brand and and like like some people are really good at making great videos but if they don't know the brand and like aren't like a good fit you know i, I think it's like it's i i the analogy i was thinking about it before is like it's not apples to apples you know sometimes the brand wants some, something from the organic session s- section sometimes the brand wants something from the frozen foods right and like just because that aligns with their campaign the perfect timing you can might you might be able to charge as someone like me that has 50,000 as someone that has 200,000 maybe like the way you speak about it like the, the subject matter that you talk about you can charge more do you think like, am i is this me being biased that um it, it's it's not all based on your audience there are other factors involved yeah 100% 100% Bec- especially when you have the data right I, I, I that's the wonderful thing about content creation is that you literally can go back to the stuff that talks about the brand and see how well that performs. And you can, you've already know from maybe prior experience, whether or not that niche, that brand aligns with your audience and whether or not you should be pricing yourself more. Now that's going to take some, you know, internal research on your, your part to make sure that you're getting the right rate for you. But I do agree. I I think that, you know, there is, there isn't really going to be like a standard right there there it's just kind of impossible especially when you think about that intangible yep. but i think that at the very least there is some kind of way and i don't know this right because you know it's really just going to change from person to person but i think that there is almost like a, a floor that you can set and i think that sometimes that might be informed by your following that might be informed by your engagement but i think that at the very least people should have like almost like a this is the min this is the minimum yep. this is my floor this is what will get me out of bed. I will get out of bed for X amount at minimum, but I'm not going to go and settle for, you know, $50 in a coupon. You know what I mean? As an example. Yeah, yeah. No, you're so right. And and it doesn't – when you kind of go back and forth with the brand and kind of talk about your prices and maybe if they're a little bit outside of your comfort zone of like um, like you feel bold asking for it, it doesn't have to be adversarial at all. It can be very much yeah. like – like you. The, it's all about in how you – present it it's not like it's either this or nothing <laughs> you know it's like you don't, you don't say that you know you, oh you God, present no. it in a way that is like hey like i'm really excited about this relationship this is normally what i would look for for something like this uh and you can just position it in a way where it's like it's very much collaborative and not like uh, you know you're you're, you're trying to get a one-off transaction like i've talked about before right i i hope i wholeheartedly agree with that i think that it only makes sense to to be friendly. I mean, there's really no reason that anybody should be getting at each other's throats about a contract negotiation because clearly you work, you want to work together. That's 
why you're in this conversation to begin with. I think, again, presenting it with backup is always helpful. You can't just say like, I'm worth this and that's it. It's like, okay, but this is why. And like, let me show you a little bit more about like what I've been able to do to, to, to support that, right? That makes sense. And even from like the contract standpoint, you know, because of course I'm not part of that conversation of establishing your, your, I guess, initial yeah. negotiated contract price. I'm, I'm there later once there's a contract because at some point you guys all agreed, right? Yep. That you want to move forward. On my part, you know, it's the same thing. Like, even when I'm seeing that there's like maybe like a, a discrepancy, like, okay, you negotiated for XYZ, which is encompassed in this rate that was in this initial draft, but now you're asking for XYZ and this is why we need to up the price. And we only think it's fair because when you break it down by XYZ, it only costs you yep. this. Like, there are ways to, to even facilitate that part in the second, you know, your second phase really of negotiating your brand deal so that the whole process isn't like this, like clashing, you know, yep. adversarial process. It's really just like, Hey, like, you know, I just noticed this. So if you want to do this, like, this is what it will cost. And here's something too, I'll throw in there. Sometimes when you do that, I, I kind of, um, I, I enjoy the process of doing it. I, it's like, it's like, you know, a, a friend of mine came in and was like, yo, I want st- to uh, help, help and manage you. And I was like, honestly, I like I like that process. I like talking to the brands right now. Like it's kind of it's kind of fun for me. It's like fun knowing it, getting to know them, like wanting wanting them to win. Um, and the way I positioned it, um, is like when I ask for more, I, I very much say like, hey, if this doesn't make sense for you right now, that's fine. We can talk about this this relationship in the future, and kind of like. Letting them know that like you're fine to walk like not do it. Um, it kind of I I don't know if it has some, like one. Usually they say okay, let's figure out how to do this. And two, the other thing is um, I'm in my mind I'm gonna get them a win regardless. Like I'm gonna, like I talk about Lumano. Like I actually like I'm gonna get you a win in other ways too. Just like on on top of it. Like I I because I, I I know that I'm gonna commit to working with you. And and three, um, sometimes. They'll say, "Yeah, that doesn't make sense right now." And I've had it, I had relationships before where three months down the line, they have a specific campaign that I'm perfect for. And I'm like, "Oh, this is the perfect time to go and work with Tom." So you know, you can set it up in a way where like it doesn't have to happen right now, but you can figure out how to how to find an agreement in the future. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that the ultimate like power move in any negotiation is to say, "Well." you know what, it's, it's totally fine. I understand your point of view and that you have to answer to your client, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you've got a job and I've got yep. a job that I've got to do. And, you know, it doesn't look like this is working out. So maybe we can circle back at another time. And, and then all of a sudden it, the clouds are lifted and, it, and things, and things yeah. change, right? That's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's your situation where it's like, yeah, you know what? Sorry, it's just not going to work, but it is the ultimate power move. To, to be able to say, yeah. you know what, this isn't going to work, especially when you're thinking about things that are really important to you, especially when you're thinking about usage, especially when you're thinking about payment terms that are just outright like yes, unacceptable. Yes. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's just like, and the way I see it is like um, getting into any partnership or whether it's like you know, say I'm I'm starting a business and I and I go to work with someone, I want to like if I start talking to the brand and I am like, there's not really that. There's not really creative synergy here. You know, you know I don't – like uh, I think Naval talks about it 
um, he was like, if if you if you wouldn't work with someone for ten years, don't work with them for a day. <laughs> I think I think that's the quote. And like I I you know I you know when I look at these you know the brands I'm working with, like would I be a friend with them? Like like if they called me like at like you know on a Thursday night at nine when like I'm I'm trying to disconnect, would I would I be stoked to pick up the call? And, and like you're not gonna know that off the no, right away, but right. some there there might be some signs where it's like, yeah, I don't really uh. I, I don't really jive too much with 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 what uh, how they communicate around this. Yeah, and I think that you know as as important as the the brand might be to to your platform, I think the team that you're working with is equally important because if there is no like chemistry there, it's it's a lot harder to get a campaign through. And I've seen that happen with with creators that I've worked with, where it's like, yeah, I really was so excited about this brand, but then I met their team, and and now I'm just. I'm completely put off by it. And it's like, it's, it's crazy because you think that it's almost like the brand voice and the people behind it would match. And sometimes it just doesn't. And yeah, I I totally agree that you shouldn't be working with people that you wouldn't ordinarily want to hang out with or kind of like be around or surround yourself with on a day to day. So I appreciate this conversation because it's kind of going off track a little bit because it's not like, Oh, like (laughs) you don't need a law degree to be able to talk about these certain things, but um, it's opened up a can of like, like I'm thinking out loud as we're having the conversation. Like these are other things you want to consider besides just like the, the, the agreement when working with a brand. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same when, and just to kind of like, I guess maybe bring it back is like the same is true when you're hiring an attorney, Yeah, right? Like the same is true when you're bringing on anybody in your team. Like, you know, if you have somebody that's your editor, if you have somebody that's your graphic designer, if you have somebody that's handling your social because maybe you're not the creator like you know in the sense that you're not making the infographics and stuff like that the same is true with your attorney like your attorney should should gel like you guys should gel and should be able to really like get along because at the end of the day an attorney doesn't have to accept you and you don't have to accept the attorney all because they do what you do if you find somebody that's a better fit then go with them um and i would recommend that to people that are searching for that because that's another thing that i think people kind of get a little mixed up in is that like the attorney's required to take you. It's like, no, we don't like, if we don't like you, we're not going to want to work with you. And if you don't like us, you don't want to work with us. Like it's the same thing when you're searching for somebody to like, yes, help you. On yes. That front too. Yes. And you see that like people get into these relationships, um, whether it's like a, like a manager, a collaborator, you know, you, you know, the attorney and um, yeah, like you're, you're you are the business you're building this brand the podcast is called creators are brands and like each person like you know um it's even if they're not like working under you, you're not their boss like it's it is a collaborative thing and you want to be excited to have these conversations and you are the boss like it, like this is your brand so you get to decide like who you work with and that's that's the beauty of it so i would like don't um i i talk about this a lot like you know my 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 one friend is a manager and whenever he brings on new creators he, he does it through a trial period he they work for three months and then like for it protects the creator and it protects him like hey like let's just see if we're a good fit let's see if like this is something that yeah. we want to continue to build together so, so I, I have a quick mm-hmm. question what are some things that brands that you see maybe either on purpose or just um maybe more on on just accidentally just sneak into contracts that uh that can kind of screw over a creator <laughs> like what are the, some of the sneaky things that you that you 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 see pop up in these these agreements 
Um, I think that, you know, it's, it really, again, just comes down to objectives, right? Cause again, yeah. the, the legal team and the marketing team have two varying objectives and yeah. the, the legal team's objective is really to protect the brand as much as possible from getting into a lawsuit. So yep. a lot of that, at least as it relates to influencer campaigns has to do with the usage, right? Um, they, the, the legal team with that objective in mind is going to ask for like a very broad, um, scope of usage, which may not align with what you and your brand rep were talking about. It's like, okay, we're just going to use it on the owned operated, uh, social media platforms. We're just going to do it for the duration of the campaign and that's it. But then, you know, that's not necessarily reflected in the contract. And of course, you know, they don't have a law degree. That's what they do the legal stuff for. Um, so usually it's, it's, it's coming down to usage and it's coming down to, okay, what's the best way to, to tackle this? And again, that's going to talk, that's going to depend on the, you know, campaign that we're talking about when I'm talking about one-off campaigns, it's really just narrowing that down because again, the brand's just trying to make it so broad so that if they maybe accidentally use it, it's protected under the contract. Yep. But my job is to say, no, that the contract says this. So we're going to make sure it says that so that you're not, basically giving away content for free. If you want to maybe revisit this because you liked how well it performed, then you talk to my client about that later. And that also happens too, right? So we kind of budget that in. We say, look, this is what you're asking for. This is what the rate includes. I see that you want this. And if you want this, then it's going to be X amount of dollars. So, you know, just having that conversation of saying we're flexible if you're willing to pay, but if you're not, then this is what we're going to have to do to adjust that section. Um, you know, apart from that, I think the next thing has to do with, you know, ownership. Sometimes there, there is a little bit of a miscommunication or maybe even just a misunderstanding of how it is that the brand is seeing the content being utilized. If you aren't working for the brand directly, like you're not creating content that's exclusive to their channels, it doesn't make sense for the brand to own, own that stuff that's going to live on your channel as well. So. Yeah you know, making sure that that also aligns is also helpful. And then the final thing has to do with like payment. I think, you know, while everybody talks about what they're getting paid, no one knows when, and that's usually not part of the conversation. So yep. then it's not until we see a contract that we see that we're, we're looking at like net 90 from the term or net 90 from the date that things are published. And that changes the timing depending on what the contract term is and all that fun stuff. Right. So again, just really pushing back on that as well especially if we're looking at a tight turnaround and there's a lot, you know, of moving parts involved. It's like, no, we need, we need some sort of security here, whether that be 50% upfront asking for more earlier or whatever, just structuring it so that people are happy and my creator is happy and basically they're not getting gypped. Yeah. These are all great points. And I'm thinking out loud too, as you're, as you're talking about that, the yeah. fact that most of the companies, and I don't know if you see this, most of the newer ones that are like, um, working with like one working with influencers is still relatively new. You know, people yeah. are still figuring this out, and it's becoming. Uh, you know, I see it more and more. Um, you know, companies are saying like putting it into their budget. They're putting it into their strategy for the for the year, but it's still relatively new, and they're hiring new people to do it. <laughs> so they're kind of exploring the space themselves. I even see. I don't know if you've seen this um, 
a lot of these companies, like they know they need to do it. So they come to creators and say like, hey, can you like I've had multiple companies come to me and say, hey, can you manage this influencer campaign for us? So it's like they really don't know entirely what they're doing yet. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I got you. Uh, but I don't really know what I'm doing either. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, no, I, I have a good sense of like, you know, and enough people around me that I can I can I, I get it. Right. right? Like I, I know. Uh, Piece it but, together, kinda. but what yeah. I'm saying is. It's very new for them. So like you pushing back, you talking about, you asking these questions, it helps educate them at the same time. Like I don't think, you know, most of them like, you know, want the win for you and for them. But also here's the other thing I noticed. If you start asking for what you deserve money wise, they can then allocate, okay, this makes sense. And this is what we need for budget next year. Cause like it's right now, it might not be in their budgeting cause they've been jipping off all the creators, <laughs> you know, like creators have, you know, so like they don't know uh, how they should actually be getting paid. But the, the companies that are yeah. in the creator economy, like you look at the ones like, like music bed, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, they're not paying me, but like the Skillshare, like I feel like they've all have like robust campaigns where they know how to pay creators and they've done it so much that like they, it's all allocated in the budget but a lot of the new ones like they're like we don't even know where to start we need you to tell yeah. us how much we should right. charge and, and also do you have a contract like th those are you know my favorites because when you're in that situation where they're like we don't even have an existing framework like no. we have no idea how to do this we have no idea what to pay you all of those things i'm like Oh, that's money. That is money. Okay. Cause that literally means that you can dictate everything. Yep. They're like the downloading a template life. off the internet <laughs> to, to, to do it, you know? Which, yeah. Which... No, you don't need that. You, I mean, yeah. that, that's what's so like cool too, is that working with creators that are like, yeah, you know, there've been like some places that like, they just don't have one. So can we draft one? I'm like, yes, yep. yes, let's do it. And let's make sure that it's like great for you so that if they want to like, you know, use it for more or whatever, it's like, no, it's already built in. You're done. Yes. It's not negotiable. So right. talk to me about granting a license versus work for hire. What I, I don't what does what does that foreign language mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're like okay. So they're basically it's basically legalese for two things. So work for hire basically means that the work that you're doing for the company as an employee, right? automatically belongs to the company okay right by way of whatever job function it is that you're doing that that usually happens naturally but then when we're talking about an influencer agreement that language automatically translates into whatever content you created under the under this agreement belongs to the brand so because it belongs to the brand the consequence of that because now we know it belongs to the brand what does that actually mean in, in practice right what that means is that the brand can do whatever they want with it so that means that they can put it on a billboard, even if they paid you $500, right? They can put it in print. They can do whatever they want. And there's no expectation that you can bring that says, hey, like, I actually am owed money or royalties for you, like, basically syndicating my work yeah. or whatever, right? That, that means that you've relinquished all of that. Um, a license, on the other hand, basically means that you, the creator, still own the, the content that you created, right? But what you're doing is you're giving them permission. So a license means you're giving them permission to do X with your content. So usually when you're looking at a brand deal, you're looking at a brand deal that might say that you can, the brand can modify it, they can create derivative works, they can amplify it, they can do all of these things and then they could do it in X amount of places. So it really can be broad, right? Like if you look at any, 
social media platforms, like terms of use, like it's pretty broad yeah. if you look at their, you know, section. Um, so that's where a lot of the negotiation and even the money can happen is like just looking at how it is that they envision using your content. If you can leverage that piece and make sure that you're getting more money, if that means that you're willing to kind of give them a little more flexibility or let them whitelist and stuff like that, that's like a great place to really negotiate is what kind of permission are you willing to give under the existing rate and what would you be willing to accept for more? Now, so would you want to shut down work for hire? Like, is like work for hire more like a, like a, like a freelancing contracting sort of angle where like you're kind of working for them. That's what my, where my mind took it. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on the, the idea of making a work for hire um, language, like acceptable when you're working with the brand directly and you're creating content that's exclusively going to live on their channels. Right. Okay. Um, this usually works in the context of like a long-term partnership where you're just creating content that's going to live on the brand's channels. To me, that only makes sense for, for you. That only makes sense for the brand because you have no interest in putting that out there anywhere else. Okay. Now, if you're a creator that likes to repurpose and likes to maybe use some of the B-roll from stuff that you've created in another way, maybe on your blog or whatever, then what I've done is I would just build in a license for the creator to use that content on their own channels, however they see fit. Um, that way, you know, the brand doesn't have to worry about a complicated licensing structure for them, okay. right? Instead, they could just do whatever they want, but they're still giving the creator permission to basically use the content however they want on their channels without that check, you know, yeah. by the brand. Okay, that makes sense. Because uh, uh, I was asking because a, 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 pajama, <laughs> a pajama company reached out to me <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. yo, they, they – uh, they honestly it was I, I never even talked to like this is like one of the funniest relationships i literally never talked to the person i never saw them i don't know what they look like they just emailed me and they were like hey will you do this like ad for our, our pajamas and like i look i clicked on the pajamas they're like 400 hundred dollar pajamas and they were like it's only got to be iphone um and you don't have to edit it and i was just like all right and then i asked for more money and i i'm pretty sure it was work for hire and I was like, all right, bet, I'll do it. And then I did it. I literally just filmed it. I one-taked it, sent it to them. And uh -huh. I didn't think about it. I was just like, all right, no one's going to see it. Um, so, like, I don't have to think <laughs> about it again. Uh, but, like, uh -huh. all of my friends, I, I think they're, like, marketing, like, like, like guys, I, I, like, like, you know, a specific type of guy, right? And uh, a lot of my yes. friends have just sent me screenshots cracking up about <laughs> it. And I'm like, how? I haven't even looked at the contract. I'm like, how much do they own of that? Like, I did not realize how far they were going to push that. But it was one of those things where, like, it was totally fine because I actually like the brand. I actually I think they're right over here. I actually do like them. Um, but, yeah, okay, it, so it's just an example of how these contracts can look differently. I didn't have to post that on my page. I didn't even want to. Mm -hmm. It was like they were just saying, right. hey, ma hey, hey, make this. So, like, it's um, – I don't. it, it was yeah. just like a, a, an interesting uh, – a way to collaborate i literally don't know what they look like they sent me the money though immediately you know that's totally cool <laughs> hey that's a win i mean that that's literally you know that's that's how work for hire works is that you know once you you give your rights away you're giving your right your ownership rights that means that you they own it technically can't like repost it yeah. and stuff like that it's and like, they can they they can yeah they can put that on like a, a movie screen if they want to <laughs> and like 
I mean, yeah, theoretically, right? I mean, it's shot on iPhone, so I don't know how that'll work on the but, scale. But but I shot it, and you know it's going to be good. But you you know. shot it, so it's probably no, well, super no, high it's quality. Fu- so it's sure. funny now that I see how much circulation it's getting. I'm like, I almost want to reach them out and be like, reach out to them, like, hey, can I make a better one? <laughs> like, like all, all my friends are are sending it to me. I want to I want to actually make it look a little better. Uh, <laughs> I need to redeem yeah, myself. I, I, right? I kind of have I kind of half butted it to be honest. I kind of like. Um, I don't know, but yo, so I, I here's a couple other questions. Um, so okay. work for hire into whitelisting and reposting. So what is the difference there? Okay, so whitelisting, whitelisting is basically giving the brand access to your account so that the brand can put some ad money behind it and basically amplify your post to your existing audience and other like key demographics that they want your content to basically have eyes yep. on, right? Um, so what that means is that there's ad money, there's your post and you'll see it in different places. So it's not just going to live on your feed. It might show up on Instagram stories or like maybe on your timeline or I mean your feed, timelines, Facebook, um, meta, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah, so you're, you know, you're seeing it, it could be like, oh, bonus footage and like sponsored. Like you kind of like see that happen pretty often on Instagram. I would say that's like the most common. And when you're talking about reposting, Reposting is almost like a, a natural consequence, right, of working together. Like you want the brand to, to almost like acknowledge the fact yeah. that you've worked together. So it's not just going to live on your feed, right? Like you also want to see that the brand is also putting that out there to the world organically on their feed. Now, that could look different depending on what the brand ultimately does. That might just mean that they're just reposting it and they're not putting anything like a shoppable link or anything like that. But it also could be different. It could also be that there is a shoppable link there. But the idea is that that's almost like a natural consequence yep. of things, right? Um, whereas whitelisting is a little more manufactured. Got it. So the whitelisting, I see that. I, I feel like that's big in like the, the TikTok partnership space. Because I feel like, am I wrong that TikTok allows, uh, it makes it easier for brands to do that? I was talking to one brand and they were like, we actually don't even need your permission. Uh, the, 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 like they, not, not that they, they like they, yes, they do need your permission to do it, but they can do it if they want to. Yeah. Like they can go into any post, and 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 push it. Like I, I'm sure that there would be like ramifications for doing that. Um, but like so, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you do you know anything about that? Like, so I I think they can. I think I think they can. I think that like you're not like I think. TikTok like just makes it really easy for brands to to do that with creators. Um, yeah, wow. I don't know, I don't know. So watch out. I guess make sure no one's pushing your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah keep an eye out for sure. Because I, I mean, I, I don't think that any of my creators that I've worked with to date have had an issue with that. I guess it's only because, you know, that's part of the negotiation. So it's like you don't think about like whether or not there is permission or not. Um, but that's surprising. And I guess it's also like maybe an attractive feature for, yeah. for brands to, you know, do short form and to do it there because it, there's not so many steps involved. Whereas like with Meta, with Instagram, it's like it's a whole yeah, yeah. situation that you have to do to get that yeah. access. Yeah, I, I kind of like huh. I um I, I think, too, as a creator, if, if you're kind of tuning in and I think that um like I think that so I, what I've realized is you really have to like the products that you're working with. One and I've I've decided too that I like kind of position my my brand and my thinking is like I really want them to win too, 
So, like, if there's a whitelisting component, I want to talk to them and be like, hey, like, let me know what worked and what didn't with that. So, like, for the next one, we can really um, deliver for you. And we can we can really, you know, I want to look at it and get you, get you a win on this because then also that you can use all of that data for – and and for your portfolio to say to other brands like hey like this is how we work with this brand this is a case study for you know working with my content and I, and I notice if for anyone that produces um because my my videos they're a little more more high polished or a little more polished than most TikTok videos uh, I'm starting to go more iPhone but like I noticed that some of the brands they do um they are willing to pay more for the the higher produced content if they're whitelisting. Because essentially they can push it anywhere, and it's their ad, and I basically write it like it's you know um, like a like you know like a seamless integration for their company. So that, that's what I've um, I feel like you know even so even if you have like ten followers, it doesn't matter. You know they can still whitelist it and push it to whoever they want if you produce a good video. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know it it, it makes sense to to almost make that almost part of your practice because that makes you more attractive to a brand is that like everything is polished, everything is good quality and nothing, none of that quality translates or, or gets diminished because it's going from one platform to another. So I think it, it only makes sense to do that. And I think it also makes sense to also follow up, right. To, to see, are we winning? If, okay. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we actually winning or did we just think we were, and then maybe yeah. we just don't want to work together again. I mean, obviously you would hope that it's a positive response yeah. reaction but yeah i think that y you can't really know whether or not that's like a good fit for you unless you're seeing how things are performing or even following up to say hey like you know i want to let you know that i got a lot of people asking about these you know the, these products that i featured on my platform i just wanted to kind of keep you in the loop about that you know if there's any other you know campaigns that you can keep me in mind for like let me know and that it's just the beginning of building that long-term thing or that long-term relationship and maybe even that long-term partnership that it's not just like a one-off okay yeah quick for the one quick post, bag right? and then here's the deal once yeah. you start doing the more long-term ones it, it makes it so much easier for you as a creator because you understand their brand their objectives their goals with this so you can just create check in get your money create check in get your money you know and 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 uh i find that uh I mean, I, I would try to stretch most of these relationships once you know it's a good fit to at least three months, six months, and 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 um, figure out how to how to like keep that going because I think it's better for you and the brand. Now, when they're working with a brand, um, what, what, tell me what the what, what the heck is the FTC? What, what, how, how do we how do we comply? How do we make sure we're doing this right? You know, I feel like sometimes I see videos and I'm like, is that a? I can't tell if that's a brand deal. Or I don't care, like or an actual co collaboration, or if it's just you know someone someone promoting this. So like, what are the rules here? So the rules, at its core, for the FTC is that they want to protect consumers from being okay. lied to. Okay, like, that's good to know. They want to know that your motivation for speaking about a brand or a product is is truly like disclosed. Okay, if you're buying something and you just legitimately like something, like obviously there's not going to be a need for an FTC disclosure yeah. of any kind. Like you just bought it yourself. You loved it. The end. But then that changes the second that you have some sort of what's called a material connection between you and the brand. Now, 
crazy enough, it's really easy to get into this material connection territory. So that means that if you are even getting like a discount code, an affiliate code, free product, you're in the material connection realm. That means that you need to disclose the fact that you are earning a commission, that you got this product for free, that, that there's some sort of motivation between you and your posting on your channel, right? That's the motivation is that you are going to get some sort of money, like some sort of money, or you've gotten some sort of benefit from the, the brand. The same is true when you're getting sponsorship, right? So you're getting paid. So that's another material connection. There are other ones, like if you have some sort of personal connection or professional connection, but that's usually not the case with influencers. It's really the first yeah. four that I just talked about, right? So once you're there, then you have to do something called a disclosure, right? So what a disclosure looks like is that it has to be conspicuous and clear. Give me an right? example. So <laughs> what is it? Yeah. So if let's say we were looking at someone's Instagram story and they were doing an unboxing, the unboxing was for gifted product, then there should be something like the person saying like audibly that, Oh, like, you know, so-and-so brand gifted me these products. I'm going to about to unbox them for you guys right now. And on top of that, because it is video and there are different requirements, depending Mm. on the medium that you're using, you have to make it audible and you have to make it visual. So that means that you have to put some sort of text overlay on your videos for each video that you're talking about it, that it's gifted. That doesn't happen. I I think there was a recent (laughs) study that said like, 76% 76% of influencers aren't even oh, compliant, which is nah, not, surprising. not surprising at all. No, what if it's paid? What if now, what if it's, what if you're doing a TikTok and it's, and it's paid? What do you, how do you gotta, how do you gotta show for that in the video? Yeah. So, so that's another one that's pretty popular. And, you know, again, no one's perfect. Um, I'll tell you about one that I thought was pretty egregious, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about that offline. Um, but there's one, there, there's a couple of ways that you would accomplish that, or you would achieve that in a TikTok, right? So the first thing is, again, you have to make that an audible disclosure, like, you know, this, like, like, let me tell you about XYZ, like, you know, I'm doing this campaign for them or something like that. There has to be some sort of, we can use this and this is not good. Okay, this is not Let's gifted. use hop tea as an example, because I actually do wanted to get a brand deal with them. Yeah. I want to get a brand deal with them in Mountain Valley. Yeah. Water. So hop that, tea, that, those are two companies. Yeah. So, yeah. so hop tea would have you talk about like a few things, you know, in, in their script, they would ask you to, to highlight some of, you know, of their objectives. But in that video, you would talk about the fact that like, they gave this to you that you were, you know, that there's some sort of like, promotion behind this, right? So that would be the first thing. The second thing would be that there's some sort of like text overlay that says sponsored or ad, something like that. It's got to say sponsored on the video? Or ad, something that is a clear indicator to your audience that this is not just some organic video that's just happening on TikTok where you're talking about hop tea. It's like, no, the reason why I'm talking about hop tea is because hop tea sponsored it. I'm a hop tea partner. I'm a hop tea, you know, ambassador or whatever. Like, that kind of thing would be required under the FTC. On top of that, so do they just, do, do they want us to tank these videos? They they want them to not get listen, seen. Listen, that's not the point. That's not the point. Care about your, your analytics, okay? But we're not even listen. we're not even done, okay? Okay, okay. So then on top of that, right? So we've already talked about what do you have to do in the video, right? What, what do you have yeah. to do to edit the video? Then you have to talk about your caption, right? Because you want to make it so obvious to your audience that this is not like something that you're just 
casually talking about, again, you want to make sure your audience isn't being like lied to, is the FTC's perception of things. Obviously, what we know now as users, and as users who are on this platform enough, probably can distinguish this. But again, the law is not really like, up, you know, up to speed on that. They're just not. So the caption also has to be clear and conspicuous. There has to be a disclosure that's clear and conspicuous about your relationship. So that's why you would see the word like add and then all that stuff. Now, the FTC is very clear about what they expect of the brand and influencers because it's not just on the brand, it's on the influencer too. So when you're looking at your post, that disclosure, be it ad, sponsored, gifted, whatever the case, it has to be above the fold. So that means that it can't be just like hidden in like a nest of like oh, yeah. hashtags that you're trying to like get, you know, the algorithm to pick up and, sh you know, show your content. It's like, it's got to be up there so that people know what's going on. Now, that's what the FTC requires, right? That's apart <laughs> from what the platforms require, right? Because then there's the whole thing of what do the platforms oh. want, right? Because. Oh, I didn't know there, were, there was different things. Yeah. So the FTC is like, these are what, these are our expectations. A common question that people are they like mm -hmm. nice to haves or are they like saying you got to do this <laughs> so, so the stuff that i just talked about are required right that's okay, that's legally okay. required that's like the FTC sounds like a lot of rules for content creators yeah, right? <laughs> does everyone follow them no but you know that's yeah. that's another that's, that's another, another thing episode. Another day. <laughs> um but apart from that then you have to consider what you know does the platform want to see right and i mean you see that as a creator I'm sure when your stuff is getting flagged for like branded content and stuff like that. So that's why you also have to be mindful of what the, the platform that you're posting on is requiring of you as a user, you know, on YouTube, you have to make sure that you have like that check that basically says that you have sponsored content going on up here on Instagram. That's going to be that you put, you know, paid partnership with X brand and getting that permission pushed through. Like there's a lot of other steps that you also have to consider to make sure that your your stuff isn't getting basically eliminated or cut off by the platform itself. Those things though aren't necessarily required by the FTC. They're kind of like that's nice to have, but we really just want to make sure that you're just clear and that you're okay. just honest and that's it. Okay, okay. Which sounds like a lot of steps when I just talked about it, but that's pretty much the core. Of yeah, it. yeah. Do do you find that? It, it kind of messes up the engagement for creators. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's, it's no secret that, um, that, that content doesn't tend to perform as well for, for creators that have to take all those steps. But when I think about that versus like, I think it's like a $43,000 fine. I'm like, you know, I, I'll take the L, you know? And, and I think everybody's kind of of the same People get that, fined forty three thousand yeah, dollars. Is it like big creators get fined or small? Like, like who are they finding out here? <laughs> they, they, I mean, realistically, they're not finding creators, but they could, right? Like, they really can. Are, are they finding the brand? Yeah, they're finding brands. Oh, yeah. And the brands? thing is, is that with Bro. this is another thing you have to consider, though, as a creator, it it is prudent to go with the the compliance route <laughs> because. Your contract probably says something like you represent a warrant that we, that you're going to oh. follow the rules and the laws and the FTC stuff. Also, you're going to indemnify us from any lawsuits that yeah. kind of come about as a result of this violation. So 
there's a lot to like, there's a lot of incentive for you as a creator to just comply because of those common contract provisions that do come about here. Um, but does everybody get enforcement letters and, and all that stuff? No. And to get the fine, like there's a lot of like steps that kind of like happen before you're even at that point anyway. But they again, would probably tell you to pull it first. Yeah. And they would yeah. probably like give you a slap on the wrist to, to be like, hey, yeah. like revisit <laughs> everything you did and tell us what your plan is going forward to like fix it. Well, it's funny because like you're dealing with content creators who's like, one, they're a little bit rebellious to begin with. And two, their whole like they've built their entire brand on knowing how to capture and keep attention. And if there's like things in, you know, all of those boxes that it's like feels like so that, that's why it's just another point. Ask for what you deserve, right? Because like, you know, it, it's, you know, some of some of the, the, the brand deals, they might actually not like be the uh, the best for your page for for how you're building your business uh, in, in terms of like engagement uh so it better be worth it if you better you better you know better not sign over um everything and uh and and ask for what you deserve in, in these contracts right. so clear right. and conspicuous um make it very clear in, in my video like i almost think like i i kind of want to like like part of me because because like as i'm starting to do more brand deals part of me was like yo would it be kind of just like fun for my audience to be like very transparent about it just like all caps I was paid to do, you know, like kind of just like have fun with it instead of like trying to be too cute. I was like, I wonder if like that psychology would like just fully transparent about it. Like would, you know, with my audience, they'd be like, yeah, dude, get it. Like so happy for you to get paid for these videos. And and that's the thing. Some, some creators have like built such a, a huge community. I th like the first creator that comes to mind is Tinks, you know, yeah. with, with all of her partnerships that kind of like happen because it's just like a natural she talks about them yeah yeah she talks about them and then people are like oh my god amazing right like that is so cool right but there's actually been i forgot the name of the creator but there was like one creator that i saw that they did <laughs> they worked with some gas station to create like an influencer meal and yeah. as a joke right but the thing is is that he was actually in talks with the gas station about it so there was a material connection and i think he got paid uh... for it but throughout the series it didn't you know from anybody that's watching it like they didn't understand that he was getting paid for this that it was just if anybody was watching what he was doing they thought it was just like oh my god he was just trying to be funny and look at what happened right uh... yeah and that is an example of what you don't want to happen because the second that that happened he posted some i would say some i would say not the best apology in my opinion um but people were upset his People were upset by the fact that like he wasn't transparent about the fact that he you know worked with them and he did this really funny joke and all this stuff like it, that it wasn't sponsored right like it doesn't have to be like so so deliberate like we had this conversation and all this stuff it's just more like this is an ad like whatever people get it like that's just part of your job yeah is there a difference between a a i feel like i've seen these two different ways of wording it a brand integration and a and a sponsor or is is that the same? Yeah, I think I think you have to like understand. Like, I think there's a couple of things that are different, right? Like, you know, if you're doing a brand integration, I'm thinking like you're you're part of some sort of event, like you're participating in some sort of a event, and if you're posting about it on your platform, the disclosures are still required. Like, even if you're going to some sort of pop up, which 
that's something that the FTC actually regulated in the past, like probably in like 2011. Um, oh, that, they like hire creators to come to like their event, their their launch party. They have they to disclose that, that they're being paid. Oh, yeah, yeah no, or that no one does that. Product. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this? What if what if I just had hop tea in my video, and they said, mm -hmm. Tom, we're gonna pay you for three months just to have hop tea sitting in your video, right? Like, oh, and I'm not talking about it. I'm not promoting it. It's just there. Do I have to say I was paid by hop tea in every single one? Oh, that's a tough one. That's such a tough one. Cause I haven't had that. Happen. Uh, maybe I'll um, experiment. <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea, but I would say that if my, you know, my lawyer, I'm putting my lawyer hat yeah, on, yeah. I'm like, you know, Disclose it, like yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. That's that's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because there's Cause, so. I mean, that's almost like similar to like a movie, right? Like movies pay for product placement all, all the, time. the time. Like literally, that's yeah. how they fund the movies. I I've thought about that. Like, and I'm like, I feel like that would be a good angle for a creator. You know, if I'm using like Sharpie pens in all of my videos, like. <laughs> Just like have like a year long deal with them to be like, hey, incorporate yeah. it in ten videos throughout the year. Um, right. You know, same way. But you don't say anything. You just you just have it there. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like it's almost like no, maybe not because you're not talking about it. Yeah. But then the fact that you have it there, the only reason you have it there is because of this. So you know, I'm like inclined to say disclose it. Okay. Okay. But then I think about YouTubers. Like I think about YouTubers who have like deals like gamers that i know that like they have deals with like red bull and monster and like part of their i don't know if you watched if you played among us or if you were a part no. of that like journey where on youtube among us was like a big thing so there was like a point where some creators with among us that they were like playing it so much they mm -hmm. were able to customize the among us universe so that sponsors would be in the among us like universe so there was like a sprite room yep. or something like that, which I was like, that's insane. That's insane. That is actually insane. It's kind of brilliant, though. I don't know. Uh, that, that's a fun topic to explore. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get some more info about that and try to find some case studies of people that are doing it and kind of figure out how they went, yeah. went, 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 went about doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love yeah. learning creative ways that people are collaborating with people uh, when it's and it's like a good fit for everyone when it's like right. very clearly like that is like i want the people you know a lot of the products that i that i use or books or anything like um are from like my favorite creators like their newsletters or you know the, them just sharing like hey this is what i use like these are my favorite shoes i'm like okay cool i want that shoe you know like like i, I appreciate them <laughs> for for sharing that so this was an awesome conversation um learned a lot uh, I think a lot of creators, they're excited about how they can work with brands and position themselves for someone that's like about to get their, their, a, a really nice brand deal, uh, a really nice collaboration. If they want to work with you, how do they how do they reach out? Where should they go? Um, the first really is you can try my website, but second, because I live where you live is Instagram, TikTok, you can find my website through either of those places. And the handle. And you can book a call. And the and what is your what is your Instagram and TikTok? 
my Instagram and my TikTok are the same. So it's curator underscore council and it's C-O-U-N-S-E-L, not council with a C. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm excited to keep this conversation going. I know I'm going to have, I always have questions, you know, after the episode. I'm like, oh man, I wish I asked that. I wish I asked that. But like, um, I'm excited to keep this going and, and figure out more ways to collab. But thank you so much for, yeah. for coming on. Oh, thank you so much again for having me. This has been so fun.